Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. And I'm, uh, We're going to have Brother Cook come minister whatever the lord is on his heart what a direction he's feeling amen for the spirit of the lord tonight <clears throat> we appreciate sister cook and brother cook and their family amen from elena to hadley to lucy amen and anything else that's in the future sister cook i knew i'd get both the looks from both of those people the, the, she would like to populate heaven by herself and uh, Brother Cook's just been invited along for the trip. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But we love and appreciate them. Amen. Thankful for uh, their families. Amen. Uh, he is a testament to his family, his father. Amen. Sister Cook as well to her mom and dad. And we appreciate uh, you rearing such a uh, wonderful daughter. Amen. The years that she was under your, your roof and your house. So thank you so very much for doing that. Amen. And we appreciate that. And now that they have a family together, and we're so thankful for that. Amen. If you've not been uh, and taken a peek in our men's restroom lately, you need to do so. All of that is really just the work and rotting of the hands of one man. Uh, many times after he's got off work, whether that was night or day, fitting in some time to come and do so. And so you need to stick your head in there. It's actually, it's actually functional right now. My wife says, watch the door because we don't have a stop on it yet. If something happens, he could fix it, but we don't want to just put it to the test again. But nevertheless, uh, it's looking very, very good in there, and we appreciate all of his hard work, the hours that he has put in. Uh, he's been in there listening to music. He's been in there praying over plumbing demons and uh, everything else that comes with working on a church of this age and such. And so can we, can we just give a hand clap of appreciation for this family and the Lord? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. So thankful for all of you being here. Amen. And we, we've not yet had the best part of our service yet. Amen. The Lord still can do whatever the Lord decides. We still have to baptize somebody tonight in the name of Jesus Christ before this service is over. Amen. So thank the Lord. Amen. Bishop says move his meeting. He's already, man, he's give my allotted time to whatever and he said move the meeting so he'll be in Wednesday I said next Sunday amen for the 55 they already forgot about it anyway they're 55 hours you know but uh, <laughs> God bless you all amen amen everybody say God bless brother cook tonight as he comes amen God bless brother cook morning praise <laughs> do you got a praise left <laughs> where do we go from here my lord my lord my lord <laughs> brother Alex where'd you go 
Did you hear me singing that song this morning at my house? <clears throat> my God is too good to me. He is too good. He is too good to me. Better than I ever deserved. More than I could ever merit in a billion years. I'm so thankful for this church assembly for each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Amen. Y'all are my family. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. I want to thank God for my wife. Y'all don't know what she has to put up with. <laughs> Is it that noticeable? God is wonderful. So thankful to have my amen corner with me. Brother Jack Cox, my father-in-law, favorite father-in-law in the whole wide world. Y'all don't know what this man means to me. When I was in transition, coming here, I was selling the house, and I was building a house, I was making two house payments thinking, God, what am I going to do? This man opened his house to me. He allowed me to live in his home. And I thank you for that. Thank you. Amen. To my pastor, I love you. I love you. Oh, my goodness. Can I just preach my heart? I don't know if I'm going to cry or if I'm going to shout or if. But it'll just match the service. <clears throat> you may want to give special honor tonight also, not only to Bishop, but to Brother Mason. Amen. What a man. What a man. Amen. So thankful for all that everybody has taught me. I want you to know I have learned so much here, I've learned a lot. I've learned a whole lot. Can I teach you something tonight? Can I teach you something? Y'all have shown me so many things, so many wonderful things. Let me show you what God has showed me tonight. If you have your Bibles, if you would, I, I got a lot of Scripture, and I'll, I'll try to just hurry right on through the good parts. And, and uh, I believe God's still not done in this place. Let's go to the book of Mark, the 8th chapter, 14th verse. Amen. So glad to have Sister Jamie with us. Amen. What a sweet, sweet lady. Amen. Mark 8 and verse 14. If you have it, say amen. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. Neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. And when Jesus knew it, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes see ye not? Having ears hear ye not? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves. 
Among 5,000, how many baskets of fragment took you up? He said unto him, Twelve. And when the seven among the 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments take ye up? He said, Seven. He said unto them, How is it that ye do not understand? If you would turn quickly to Matthew, Matthew 7. So thankful for the Word of God. Matthew 7 in the 8th verse. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. What man is there of you whom, if his son ask bread, will give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? Turn with me back to Mark, if we can. Second chapter. Fifteenth verse. Mark 2 and 15. And it came to pass... But as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples. For there were many and they followed him. When the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole need no physician." But they that are sick come not to call righteous, but sinners to repentance. If you'll bear with me just a few moments, I'll try my best to put all this together and just let God take over. If I had to title it, please don't think this is a terrible title because I usually don't title. But God spoke a word to me a few weeks ago. And He said, the need is greater What do you mean, God? The need is greater. There's nothing you can't do. He said the need's greater. Why don't we all just lift our hands to the Lord and ask God to minister in this house. above all that we could ask and all that we could think, all that we could do, you're worthy, God. So, Lord, tonight we surrender everything that we have. We offer up all that we are to you, Jesus. Move and minister in your house, God, and we'll give you praise and glory and adoration, God, because you're wonderful. You're wonderful, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. And you can be seated. Amen, I'll do my best to hurry along, but we are blessed to be part of a generation today that doesn't look for much or lack for much. If we would just look around, we would see exactly how blessed we are. Most of us have everything that we could ever need and a lot of what we want. Most everyone has what they need and even more have what they want. We live in big, nice homes with 
uh, big nice cars that we drive back and forth to work and and in those cars we have seated heated seats and we have heated steering wheels and and we have bluetooth capabilities and we got serious radios and and we got all different kinds of manners of things in our vehicles we got uh, mirrors that adjust by themselves. When I get in my vehicle, I can push a number two because my wife is number one. And if I accidentally push number one, I don't fit. But if I, if I push number two, the seat goes exactly where I need it to go and the mirrors turn just like I need it to turn. I even have my own presets on the stereo. We live in a, war, a world where we don't have Many wants or many needs. Not to mention in the back of our cards we have DVD players for the kids. Thank God for DVD players for our kids. Our pantries are full of groceries and we tend to throw food away for expiring because we eat out so much at restaurants. Our clothes and our closets are so full of clothes and so full of shoes. That our closets and our shelves can't hardly bear them up. We have so many things that we buy totes and we label our shoes. Spring, winter, summer, and fall. And we place them in our garages or in our basements or in our attics. Because we're just trying to lighten the load of our closets. We have washers and dryers and no need anymore today do we have to wash our clothes with our hands. We could put them in, hit a preset, hot, cold, whatever it is. All I get to wash is towels, but you got the preset for that. We have dishwashers. All you have to do, you don't have to wash dishes with your hand. Just give them a quick rinse, throw them in the dishwasher, and hit a button. Make sure you put soap in there. Amen. Most of us can't park our cars in our garages or our carport for boxes of things stacked to the ceiling. I guess I'm just talking to me tonight. But we've become a generation that needs nothing. That wants for nothing. Our needs nowadays consist of our internet connection, our TV stations, our DVR settings, our Facebook accounts, our, our videos and our, our Twitter accounts. Our needs have become how many friends do we have on Facebook and, and just how many views do we have on our videos? How many followers do we have on Instagram and Twitter? Our needs become a new rifle, a new deer stand, or a new boat, new fishing pole to get us there faster to catch more fish because that's what we need. We have watches and we got Fitbits to keep track of how many steps we take in a day. We have need of nothing. We have need of nothing. That is what we think. But we come to church and it's funny because we do the same things at church. We need to have a good song service. We need to have a new upbeat song. We need, to have, we need to make sure we shake everybody's hand and we need to make sure we take up the offering at the right time. We need to make sure we allow plenty of time for everybody to get out of the door so that they can make it to the restaurant before it closes. But the problem is, is we have confused our wants for our needs. 
For it is not that we don't have needs. Our wants have just become priority. For all these things, they're just temporal and they're they're here today and gone tomorrow and they're going to come and they're going to go and fashions, thank God, are going to come and they're going to go. But your soul and the souls of people outside will live forever. For the fleshly and the worldly wants have started to drive us to set our priorities in other directions. For to receive and to attain the things that we so call our needs. All we have to do is just put in a little more overtime to get what we need. Just work a few more hours overtime to get it. And I'm just as guilty as the next one. And man, I've set my sights on worldly possessions and position. And with good intentions, we make our way into service and nonchalantly expect revival. And we expect the gifts to be in operation. And we expect tongues to come forth. And we expect people to be healed. And we expect all these wonderful things. And while God, we have on occasion, will step down and touch us for a moment. But I've noticed something. I've noticed something. I've kind of noticed a pattern with God. I've started to see that God is attracted to needs. He is attracted to needs. You want to know what happened tonight? God is attracted to needs. You pack the building full of people with needs. You watch God show up. Yes. You ask people, church folks, what God is attracted to. Nice suits. Long hair. Long dresses. High heel shoes. Good ceremony. Big offerings. God's attracted to that. I would tell you, it's what church people are attracted to. What is God attracted to? Well, surely if we conduct ourselves just right and do all the things that we're supposed to do, that we can get God's attention. Surely with our faithfulness, we can get God's attention. We wonder why we have sporadic revival and hit and miss moves of God in our services. Let me tell you what gets God's attention. It's not what you're doing right, it's what you're doing wrong. It's not your wants. It's not what you desire. It's what you need. God is attracted to your need. You want Holy Ghost revival? You want an outpouring of the Spirit of God? You want this house filled with people and you want to see God move and change lives? Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to make your way outside them doors and you need to find somebody that needs God and you need to bring them. You need to sit them on these empty pews. Why? Because God is attracted to needs. He's attracted to your need. We think we can move God by our our just straight consistency. When does God show up? When you need him. 
fill my house. Fill this house with liars, prostitutes, homeless people, lame people, blind folks. Well, I'm not trying to attract you. I'm trying to attract God. What brings heaven to attention? It's not our choirs. Not the sign team. It's not big offerings. It's neat. Angels are set to flight. When one sinner repents... You want to get God's attention? In Mark 2 and 16, And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need, no need of a physician, but they that are sick. Pharisees wondered why Jesus was with the unworthy sinners, the publicans. What will happen if we don't watch out is we'll get the attitude of a Pharisee. Give me the qualified people. God, send me somebody that can work a bus ministry. Send me somebody that can play an instrument, God. Jesus. We are not saved by our works, but grace through faith. And if we don't watch out, we'll become a modern day Pharisee and we'll start justifying by what we do and judging by what other people don't do and play the part of a hypocrite and start. They can't be saved and there's no hope for them because they don't dress the part. And then we end up tying our own salvation into our works. Oh, Brother Cook, what are you saying? You don't believe in standards? Yes, I believe in standards. Yes, take a look at my family. We believe in standards, every part of it. Standards. Their relationship. Why do I do it? Why do we walk like we walk? Why do we talk like we talk? And why do we not go places that we go places? Let me tell you, my friend, it's because the need is greater. The need is greater. (laughs) We think that because we have it all down pat that we have no needs. We will let everyone uh, bring their colds and bring their sinus infection and their belly aches. We got needs. There's a greater need. There's a greater need. But you're radical and you're crazy. I've been told that a lot. A lot lately. You're crazy. You don't make sense. You're out of balance. Oh, I've heard that one a billion times. I'm out of balance. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm out of balance. You're outside your mind. No. I got a revelation. I got a revelation. 
the whole, the whole need not a physician. The whole need not a physician. You wonder why you ain't feeling God. You wonder why you ain't experienced the Holy Ghost. You don't need him. Oh, but I want him. You don't need him. Do you need him? Do you need him? Do you need him? I wonder, does anybody need him tonight? Does anybody have a need? Does anybody have a need? Oh, have a need. But I have to have great faith in order for my need to be fulfilled. No, he's not looking for great faith tonight. He's just looking for a need. I don't know how more plain I can put it. We love to tie the two together that you've got to have great faith in order for God to move or for us to have the uh, spectacular move of God. You don't have to. All you have to have is a need. Jesus healed many. Didn't require great faith. He said, just believe. Not great. Just believe. Do you have a need? Do you have a need? Mark 4. Pull, pull that up for me. Mark 4. I'm going to show you what God showed me. And the same day when the seven was come, the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over to the other side. And when they sent away, the multitude took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Sound like they got a problem. Sound like they got a problem. And there was in 38 and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Sounds like great faith to me. They didn't have great faith. At that moment in time, they were saying, get up. Yeah. Grab a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't you care that we're going down? We are full. Right. Get a bucket. Yeah. Yes, sir. Didn't have great faith. They didn't think God was going to no. say, peace, be still. Right. Why? What does it say in verse 14? He said unto them, why are you so fearful? And how is it that ye have no faith? None, not even a little bit. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. We expect to have great faith in order for God to move and in order for God to send revival. No. Right. All he needs is a need. Yeah. All he needs is a need. Yeah. That's all. No faith, just a need. Sometimes your need is greater than your faith. I've been prayed for a hundred times. Nothing's happened. My faith is small. It's because we're so full of junk. And we have need of nothing. What did John say in Revelations in a letter to the Laodicean church in Revelations 3 and 14? Pull that up. Revelations 3 and 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith, Amen. The faithful and the true witness, the beginning of creation of God. Go to the next one. 
I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou were cold or hot. Go to the next one. So then because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Go to the next one. Because thou saith I am rich and increase with goods and have need of We think that we are. We think we don't have need of nothing. Why? Because we filled our lives with wants and desires and worldly possessions. And you don't even see that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Why? Because you don't know that you have a need. You're increased with the goods and have need of nothing. Say, I know you've been faithful. I know you've been good. I know your works. I know, I know you used to give Bible studies. And I know that you used to witness. And I know that you're not cold. I know that. But you're not hot either. I would that you would either be hot or cold. Because lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. Why are they like this? Verse 17, thou saith, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. What they were saying was, God, we're okay. We're fine. We got it going on. I don't need you. What I see when I see people sitting on a pew with their arms folded is I see written across their face, I don't need you. I don't need you. Uh-huh. Huh. Oh, your wants are met, but your need, but your need. I have good news for you tonight. God is looking for a need. God is looking for a need, but my faith. No, God is looking for a need, but you don't understand. I just don't have a great understanding of God. It doesn't matter. He's looking just for a need. Why? Because your need is greater. Your need is greater. Some of us need to be undignified for a minute. Do you remember what what we did when we were filled with the Holy Ghost? Piece of advice for people looking for the Holy Ghost. When I was just a little child, I was taught this. I mean, since I was a little kid. You say this, and you say this, and you say this, and God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Man, I came one time, I was a little big kid. I said, Lord, I've said everything I know to say, God. These people are trying to make me say funny words and get me tongue-tied. And uh, if that's all there is, I remember thinking this as a little bit of kid. I don't want that. But if it's real, I need it. I didn't list all of my qualifications as a little child. You know when I received the Holy Ghost, when God went from being omnipresent to manifest present? When I said, God, I need you. I don't just want you, but God, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. 
Do we remember what we used to be? Uh For God changed us. Uh, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. In Mark 2. Mark 2. Verse 1. And and again he entered into Capernaum. After some days and it was noise that he was in the house. Straightway many were gathered together in so much that there were no room to receive him. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him bringing one sick of palsy which was born of four. And when they, they could not come nigh unto him for the press... They uncovered the roof where he was. And when he had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> they didn't just want a friend to be healed. So they would have waited by the door. <sighs> you better watch out sitting by somebody who has a need. You watch out. I love it. I love it. I love watching somebody who needs a need who's come in and say, God, the divorce papers were just filed. I got nothing left. They may take my kids away from me, God. I don't know what else I'm going to do. Lord, I'm completely stripped of my finances, and I don't know where I'm going to turn, and I don't know how I'm going to pay my light bill, and they're going to shut it off next Tuesday if something don't happen. God, I need you. What does God do? Shows up. (laughs) We're okay like we are, God. Not hot, not cold. We have everything we need. He's attracted to your need. I'll tell you something God told me driving down the road the other day. Say what you want to, I guess. I mean, I'm crazy. Everybody else said that, so believe me or not. He said, if you will fill my house with needs, I will fill my house with presents. That's what he said. If you'll fill my house with need, I'll fill my house with presents. So I'm going to just go ahead and give you fair warning. Right now, let's lay it all out there. I'm going to give you fair warning. Watch out for this youth department. Okay? Watch out. Because I told them, you go get everybody you can lay your hands on that is crippled, that are maimed, that are blind, that are sick. I don't care if we fill every pew and there's only standing room only. But you say, oh, we're not balanced. We can't handle all these needs at one time. We can't handle nobody's needs. I would to God, I would to God that every seat was filled with somebody that had a need. Why? Because you can guarantee that God would show up every time. Why? Because he is attracted to your need. Oh, we're missing it, folks. We're missing it. Thank you this morning for what you said. She was driving down the road and God told her, hey, you just passed somebody. I want you to turn around. Look a little crazy. Turn around. Go back and invite them to church. Yeah. Absolutely. Why not? 
You think God can only touch your need? Replace him in a box. That's it. God, that's it. Saul, I'm going to allow you to move. If you would understand, I wish that you could get a burden for people. I wish that you could see the hurt faces. You don't know what people have to go through. You don't know the broken homes. And you don't know the drug addictions that they're facing. And you don't know what it was to have been left by a husband and left you with your child. You don't know. You don't know what it is to be bound to a wheelchair all your life. You don't know what it is to be blind and not know where you're going to get your next food or your next check. You can't even see what's, what's going on around you. You just don't understand. Why? Because it's not your need. But people are hungry and people are looking. People are hurting. And we're... We got a city that's lost and they're dying and they're going to hell. Why? Because you don't feel they have a need. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this. How many have you witnessed to this, this week? How many passed the track out this week? How many told somebody, hey, God can touch your need? I'd like to formally invite you to First Apostolic Church in Mount Carmel. How many's done that this week? How many has won somebody in the last six months? How many has given a Bible study in the last year? We have great need. We have a lot of problems. We have a lot of sicknesses. We got a lot of hurting, and, and they might cut our checks, and then and they might cut our insurance, and they might take everything we got. But let me tell you something the need is greater. Souls are greater. The need is greater. The need is greater. Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to get it done. But with your permission, if I give you a good enough plan, I can't even drive the bus. But if I can find somebody to drive it, I'll do the work. I'll knock the doors. I'll find the people. I'll do everything it takes to get people here. Why? Because I know that they have a need. And I understand that if we want God to show up and we want revival, it's because God is looking for a need. I'm going crazy. I mean, I'm absolutely going crazy. I'm losing my mind. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I can't think straight, Bishop. All I can see when I close my eyes are people. Hurting faces. Hurting people. And we don't want to mess with them because they're too much of a need to us. 
We're labored enough as it is. We've done all that we can do. And, and God's going to send them when their heart is right. Listen to what we're saying. We're asking people that don't know God, that don't listen for His voice, to be obedient to a move on their spirit to drive them to church. Do you know how important it is for you and I to get them here? Do you know it takes a man and it takes a woman in order for God's plan to be fulfilled? The question was posed this morning, can you baptize yourself? No, there's nobody to speak the name over you because you're dead when you go down. So evidently, God needs somebody. We pass over the great commission because it says baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we're so scared that we're going to get misunderstood when we miss the first part of the verse. Go ye, therefore, unto all the world. What do you do when somebody comes up and prays for the Holy Ghost? And they don't get it. They leave and they come back the next time. What do you do? You go back and you pray for them again. And if they don't get it and they leave and then they come back, you pray for them again. But that's the Holy Ghost. What do you do when somebody comes up for a healing? You pray for them. What if they're not healed? What do you do the next time they come back? You pray for them again. And if they go home not healed and come back again and you. What do you do when you invite somebody to church and they don't come? You do it again. What do you do when you give a Bible study and you have no results? You do it again. If we treated outreach, if we treated outreach like we did. If we likened it to tithing and offering, whoo, it's necessity. There is a need. There is a need. Oh, in Luke 15, they were murmuring, the Pharisees were murmuring amongst themselves for Jesus eating with sinners again. What did he say? He looked at him and he said, listen, there was a shepherd on a hillside one time. And he, he had a hundred sheep. And one of them left. And it was lost. He left 99 sheep. Get that. He left a whole congregation to go get one to maybe find him. Don't tell me the need ain't great. What did he tell him right after that? He said there was one who had ten coins. 
She lost one. What did she do? She lit a candle. She started sweeping the house. Why? I got to find it. I got to find it. I lost it somewhere. It went astray somewhere. Maybe is it, is it under the table? Or is it under the bed? Where'd it go? Is it over there by the pot of oil? Where is it at? But you got nine. You got 99. You mean to tell me you would leave all of them to go find one? Absolutely. Why? The 99 got a shepherd, but that one, that one don't have one. What happens? What happens when a sheep don't have a shepherd? My God, they get ate up by wolves. They get ate up by bears. Then what did he say? He said, there was a man had two sons. One of them said, I want all that's coming to me. Give me everything that I got coming. He left. We all know the story of the prodigal son. He come back. Father said, kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a feast. Strike up the band, baby. Sons come home. He's no longer lost. We got a bunch of, bunch of people that are like the older son. They're sitting out there in a field. They don't want to come in the house. Father, he didn't. He, he never gave me no kid. He didn't care for me. He didn't shake my hand. He didn't pray for me as long as he prayed for them. He just prayed for, me, for him and then walked off and washed his hands. You believe that? Mm. Uh, hurt because he didn't have a kid and he, he forgot that he got a lot in a portion same time that the younger one did too and not only that but because of his faithfulness he had the whole farm yes. worried about a kid yes. <laughs> need his crater I need his crater Need is greater. Need is greater. Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of. Oh, but I can't go to God. I've sinned. I'm going to let him down. I let him down before. What am I going to do now, God? I've let you down. I, I can't come before you now. He said, no. Go boldly before the throne. When? In your time of need. That's when you need to go the most. That's right. That's right. Yes, sir. <laughs> but I've let him down. It doesn't matter. He said, I've given you grace. I've given you mercy to come in your time of need. You don't have to get it all right before you come to him. You just go to him when you have a need. You can stand. I've gone long enough. Jesus. Uh. Luke 14, 15. When one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. Send his servant at supper time to say unto them that were bidden come for all things are now ready. Yeah. 
at supper time, when all things are ready, the meal, the table was being set. The meal was ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground. I must needs go. I need to go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And the other said, I bought a five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. Another said, I married a wife and therefore I cannot come. It's the most legitimate excuse that was given. And so that servant came and showed the Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said unto the servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. Why? His other servants didn't need him. They didn't need his food. So he said, you go get the lame, the blind, the halt, the poor. You go in, you, the ones that nobody wants, you go get them. The servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there's room. There's still room. And the Lord said to the servant, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. You just wait. After we get all the needy in here, you watch, it's going to freak everybody out. I don't even care. Bishop, he don't care either. He said, get them here. He'll pray them through to the Holy Ghost. After we get all of them that, 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 are, that are halt and blind and have disabilities, if there's still room, you know what we're going to go do? We're going to take buses if we got to. If we got to drag sleds to put people on them. You know what I feel like? And I told my wife this. She said, you got to come down for a minute. She asked me what I wanted for supper the other day. She said, come down. I need to know what you want to eat. I said, give me manna. Y'all don't know what she has to deal with. I feel I am nobody. I want you to know that I'm nobody important. I'm just a servant that a master has told me go. He told me you go. If they don't want it and they reject it, you're spending all your time on, on others you think are worthy of the cause. You give them a break for a while. You let them get hungry. You let them need it. When they need it, I'll give it to them. But right now they want me. I'm here to tell you don't stop praying for your loved ones. But please, please find somebody with a need. Find somebody with a need. Go to them. I can only imagine the attitude of that servant when he left the last time. And supper was sitting on the table after twice coming back. Supper's getting cold. I don't know about you, but I don't like to eat cold mashed potatoes. 
I don't have to. <laughs> I, don't like, <laughs> I don't like to eat cold green beans. I believe there was so much haste in that servant the last time. It's not in there, but I could just only imagine. <laughs> he said, look, guys, supper's getting cold. Get the horses. Get the horses. Get the camels. Get the donkeys. You hitch up every wagon that we got. We got to fill the house. You, we got to get them here. Why? Because... They have needs, and my father wants to give something to the needy. These altars are open. I know we've shouted and we've run the aisles, and I know some have been uh, uh, restored tonight. But I wish some of us could look on the inside and say, Have I done enough this last year? Did I reach enough? God, if I haven't, strip me of everything that I have. Get me to the point where I need you so that I will understand the burden that there are people lost and dying and going to hell. Please, Lord, let me understand that the need is greater than my need. The need is so much greater than mine. I just got a cold. I just got a headache. The need is greater. There are people that are lost. Come on, can you find a place? Maybe do some soul searching. God, I haven't done enough. I haven't, I haven't reached enough. I haven't given enough Bible studies. Lord, forgive me for my, for my temperament. Forgive me, God, for not seeing the need. Let me to feel the need. Let me to know it, God. Don't let me to leave it the same way that I came. And for those tonight that need the Holy Ghost, you don't have to qualify. You don't have to qualify. You don't have to look the part. You don't have to be dressed the part. You don't even have to act the part. All you got to do is present the need. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's F-A-C-M-C. Thank you and have a blessed day.